Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and we are starting out the new year the way we always do by talking about the books that should be on your radar. That's right. It's the new releases episode. And let me just say, I have so many books to talk about. I seriously don't think I've ever mentioned this many books in a single episode so it is definitely a record and I will have all of this in the show notes because I know you're going to be like scrambling to scribble down titles as I go through and read the synopses so do not fret I will introduce the book you know say the title author and I will also end talking about the book by again stating the author and title for you like I always do. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. Okay, so let's talk about some books. So starting off, we have a sequel and this is Song of the Sandman by J.F. Dubow. And this is the follow-up to A God in the Shed, which we have talked about on this show. I think it might have been in the Canadian horror episode. I am not certain, though. Don't quote me on that. The synopsis reads, After a terrible mass shooting at Cicero's Circus, the evil presence responsible for the carnage is taken in by a doomsday cult lying in wait for such an opportunity. The village struggles to get back to normal in the aftermath of the shooting. The massacre was the final straw for many inhabitants, triggering a mass exodus. Families left their homes without looking back, not even to find out what could have caused such a tragedy. However, to those that know the truth, that a malevolent god unleashed its wrath upon the village. It's only a matter of time before events repeat themselves. Venus Mackenzie ventures deeper into the pit of secrets in Death's Wake, praying that what she'll find will help her against the dark forces she couldn't defeat before. So keep your eyes open for that one coming out January 21st. I know the first book, uh, A God in the Shed, was this very intense Canadian small town folk horror story. So this seems like a continuation of that. And again, that is Song of the Sandman by J.F. Dubow. And I have included a few thrillers in this list. So the first one of those is my next pick, which is If I Disappear by Eliza Jane Brazier. This is going to be coming out January 26th. When her favorite true crime podcast host goes missing, an adrift young woman sets out to investigate and plunges headfirst into the wild backcountry of Northern California and her own dangerous obsession. Sarah loves true crime podcasts. They give her a sense of control in a world where women just like her disappear daily. She's sure they are preparing her for something. So when Rachel, her favorite podcast host, goes missing, Sarah knows it's time to act. Rachel has always taught her to trust her instincts. Sarah follows the clues hidden in the episodes to an isolated ranch outside Rachel's small hometown to begin her search. She's convinced her investigation will make Rachel so proud 
But the more Sarah digs into this unfamiliar world, the more off things start to feel. Because Rachel is not the first woman to vanish from the ranch. And she won't be the last. Rachel did try to warn her. Okay, so there's a few reasons this one caught my eye. And the first one, yes, is that I am partial to books that revolve around podcasting or have podcasts as an element and as someone who consumes a lot of podcasts and like the occasional true crime podcast. I was very interested in this. And I mean, there is also the fact that my original co-host was a Rachel. Uh, but besides that, I think just reading it, it... I definitely get some unreliable narrator hints and I think we might go into the kind of relationship listeners feel to a podcast host because it does seem like a very intimate relationship, you know, like where you listen to podcasts and you definitely feel like the hosts are your friends, but you know, essentially that is a one-way relationship. I mean, except all of you guys, you are all my friends and I am your friend, but So there's that. And then there's also the like going back and looking for clues that I'm wondering about. I'm just very curious about this one. Um, So that's why I put it on the list. It just seemed so intriguing. Again, that is If I Disappear by Eliza Jane Brazier. And that is coming out January 26th. The next book I wanted to mention is The Project by Courtney Summers. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because she is the author of Sadie, which I have said time and again, is one of my favorite books. The Unity Project Saved My Life. Lo Denham is used to being on her own. After her parents died, Lo's sister B joined the Unity Project, leaving Lo in the care of their great aunt. Thanks to its extensive charitable work and community outreach, the Unity Project has won the hearts and minds of most of the upstate New York region. But Lo knows there's more to the group than meets the eye. She's spent the last six years of her life trying and failing to prove it. The Unity Project murdered my son. When a man shows up at the magazine Lo works for, Claiming the Unity Project killed his son, Lo sees the perfect opportunity to expose the group and reunite with B once and for all. When her investigation puts her in the direct path of its charismatic and mysterious leader, Lev Warren, he proposes a deal. If she can prove the worst of her suspicions about the Unity Project, she may expose them. If she can't, she must finally leave them alone. But as Lowe delves deeper into the project, the lives of its members, and spends more time with Lev, it upends everything she thought she knew about her sister, herself, cults, and the world around her, to the point where she can no longer tell what's real or true. Lowe never thought she could afford to believe in Lev Warren, but now she doesn't know if she can afford not to. Welcome to the Unity Project. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there, but a young journalist trying to save her sister from a cult and possibly getting sucked in by its charismatic leader sounds fascinating and 100% like a book I would read. So I absolutely need that in my life. That'll be out February 21st from Macmillan. And again, that is The Project by Courtney Summers. Next up is Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. Celeste Ng's enthralling dissection of suburbia meets Shirley Jackson's creeping dread in this propulsive literary noir. When a sudden tragedy exposes the depths of deception and damage in a Long Island suburb, pitting neighbor against neighbor and putting one family in terrible danger. Welcome to Maple Street. A picture-perfect slice of suburban Long Island, its residents bound by their children, their work, and their illusion of safety in a rapidly changing world. Arlo Wilde, a gruff, has-been rock star who's got nothing to show for his fame but track marks, is always two steps behind the other dads. His wife, 
beautiful ex-pageant queen Gertie feels socially ostracized and adrift. Spunky preteen Julie curses like a sailor, and her kid brother Larry is called Robot Boy by the kids on the block. Their next-door neighbor and Maple Street's queen bee, Ray Schroeder, a lonely community college professor repressing her own dark past, welcomes Gertie and family into the fold. Then, during one spritzer-fueled summer evening, the new best friends share too much too soon. As tensions mount, a sinkhole opens in a nearby park, and Ree's daughter, Shelley, falls inside. The search for Shelley brings a shocking accusation against the wilds that spins out of control. Suddenly, it's one mom's word against the others in a court of public opinion that can only end in blood. A riveting and ruthless portrayal of American suburbia, Good Neighbors excavates the perils and betrayals of motherhood and friendships, and the dangerous clash between social hierarchy, childhood trauma, and fear. This sounds so good, and not just because it was described as basically Celeste Ng meets Shirley Jackson, which of course is always going to get me. I do love some suburban tensions, kind of suburban horror. I know this sounds a little more on the thriller side, but Sarah Langan is a horror author. So I'm just really excited to see how this plays out because, listen, I love the Twilight Zones and those like suburban neighborly tension episodes, I think end up being my favorite. And this seems like it's along that line. So again, that is Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan, and that will be out February 2nd from Atria. Up next, we have a debut novel, but from an author whose short story collection, Darkest Hours, I have mentioned on the podcast. This is Mike Thorne's Shelter for the Damned, which comes out February 26th from Journalstone. While looking for a secret place to smoke cigarettes with his two best friends, troubled teenager Mark discovers a mysterious shack in a suburban field. Alienated from his parents and peers, Mark finds within the shack an escape greater than anything he has ever experienced. But it isn't long before the place begins revealing its strange, powerful sentience, and it wants something in exchange for the shelter it provides. I have an e-galley of this that was kindly sent to me by the author that I am super excited to get to. I love teen. It kind of seems like coming of age horror, but a little bit of that, uh, not quite be careful what you wish for, but there's definitely a dark side to this really, really cool thing you found. Uh, And you might not even be prepared to handle what that dark side could be. That is very intriguing. So that is Shelter for the Damned by Mike Thorne. That'll be coming out February 26th from Journalstone. Next up, we have Children of Chicago by Cynthia Palayo. I was lucky enough to get to speak with her last year. We did a horror poetry episode, and she spoke a little bit about this book. And it is going to be coming out into the world early this year. This horrifying retelling of the Pied Piper fairy tale set in present-day Chicago is an edge-of-your-seat, chills-up-the-spine thrill ride. When Detective Lauren Medina sees the calling card at a murder scene in Chicago's Humboldt Park neighborhood, she knows the Pied Piper has returned. When another teenager is brutally murdered at the same lagoon where her sister's body was found floating years before, she is certain that the Pied Piper is not just back. He's looking for payment he's owed from her. Lauren's torn between protecting the city she has sworn to keep safe and keeping a promise she made long ago with her sister's murderer. She may have to ruin her life by exposing her secrets and lies to stop the Pied Piper before he collects. Okay, so we got a bit going on here. It looks like the DNA is a little bit of police procedural with a supernatural, very dark, horrifying fairy tale retelling of the Pied Piper. And I cannot wait for this one. I am so excited to read it. As soon as Cynthia talked about it last year, I just, I have to read this. 
That is Children of Chicago, and that'll be coming out February 25th from Agora Books. So next up, we have The Upstairs House by Julia Fine. A provocative meditation on new motherhood, Shirley Jackson meets The Awakening, in which a postpartum woman's psychological unraveling becomes intertwined with the ghostly appearance of a children's book writer. There's a madwoman upstairs, and only Megan Wyler can see her. Ravaged and sore from giving birth to her first child, Megan is mostly raising her newborn alone, while her husband travels for work. Physically exhausted and mentally drained, she's also racked with guilt over her unfinished dissertation, a thesis on mid-century children's literature. Enter a new upstairs neighbor, the ghost of quixotic children's book writer Margaret Wise Brown, author of the beloved classic, Goodnight Moon, whose existence no one else will acknowledge. It seems Margaret has unfinished business with her former lover, the once famous socialite and actress, Michael Strange, and is determined to draw Megan into the fray. As Michael joins the haunting, Megan finds herself caught in the wake of a supernatural power struggle. And until she can find a way to quiet these spirits, she and her newborn daughter are in terrible danger. Using postpartum haunting as a powerful metaphor for a woman's fraught relationship with her body and mind, Julia Fine once again delivers an imaginative and barely restrained, careful musing on female desire, loneliness, and hereditary inheritances. So there's a lot I find interesting in here in that I think the postpartum period is something that I think we as a society need to talk more about. And I do like this horror take on it in that she is literally being haunted by guilt. I mean, at least that's how I read it right now. I have not read the book, but you know, she's haunted over not finishing her dissertation and then literally sees (laughs) kind of the subject of her dissertation. Uh, So this is one I'm definitely going to pick up. And again, that is The Upstairs House by Julia Fine. So next up, we have Our Last Echoes by Kate Alice Marshall. And if that name sounds familiar to you, that's because I talked about her other book, Rules for Vanishing, in our urban legends horror episode. In 1973, 31 residents of Bitter Rock disappeared. In 2003, so did my mother. Now I've come to Bitter Rock to find out what happened to her and to me, because Bitter Rock has many ghosts and I might be one of them. Sophia's earliest memory is of drowning She remembers the darkness of the water and the briny taste as it filled her throat, the sensation of going under. She remembers hands pulling her back to safety, but she doesn't remember who saved her that day, the day her mother died, or so she has always believed. A mysterious call suggesting that her mother might still be alive has lured Sophia to the island of Bitter Rock hunting for answers as elusive as her own past. But the more Sophia uncovers, the clearer it is that her mother's disappearance is just one of many. People have been vanishing from Bitter Rock for decades, leaving only their ghostly echoes behind. Sophia is the only one who can break the cycle or risk becoming nothing more than another echo haunting the island. This sounds really good. Uh, The blurb on the top said it was Kara Thomas meets Twin Peaks. So, of course, that piqued my interest, if you will. I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. I am alone on these episodes, so I don't have anyone to, like, bounce off of. So just forgive all my really bad jokes. (laughs) So that is Our Last Echoes by Kate Alice Marshall. That'll be coming out March 16th. So mark your calendars. Up next, we have The Lost Village by Camilla Sten. The Blair Witch Project meets Midsummer in this brilliantly disturbing thriller from Camilla Sten, an electrifying new voice in suspense. Listen, I am loving these like this is this meets that. Uh, They always work on me. 
Documentary filmmaker Alice Lindstedt has been obsessed with the vanishing residents of the old mining town dubbed the Lost Village since she was a little girl. In 1959, her grandmother's entire family disappeared in this mysterious tragedy. And ever since, the unanswered questions surrounding the only two people who were left, a woman stoned to death in the town center and an abandoned newborn, have plagued her. She's gathered a small crew of friends in the remote village to make a film about what really happened. But there will be no turning back. Not long after they've set up camp, mysterious things begin to happen. Equipment is destroyed. People go missing. As doubt breeds fear and their very minds begin to crack, one thing becomes startlingly clear to Alice. They are not alone. They're looking for the truth, but what if it finds them first? Okay, I'm, I'm getting the... Blair Witch Project <laughs> vibe from this and I love that. Yeah, I just basically everything that was said here is something I would be interested in. So I am excited about that. Again, that is The Lost Village by Camilla Sten. That is coming out. Let's check it. March 23rd from Minotaur. Next up, we have The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. This is the story of a serial killer, a stolen child, revenge, death, and an ordinary house at the end of an ordinary street. All these things are true, and yet they are all lies. You think you know what's inside the last house on Needless Street. You think you've read this story before. That's where you're wrong. In the dark forest at the end of Needless Street, lies something buried, but it's not what you think. Okay, so now I gotta know what it is. This was just like the perfect amount of vague. And I, of course, I'm going to have to check this out, aren't I? <laughs> so that is The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. Next up, we have Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. Five of us sat in a circle, doing our best to emulate the girls in the craft, hoping to unleash some power to take us all away from our home, to the place of our dreams. But we weren't witches. We were five Chicanas living in San Antonio, Texas, one year out of high school. One hot summer night, best friends Lourdes, Fernanda, Ana, Bedla, and Pauline hold a seance. It's all fun and games at first but their tipsy laughter turns to terror when the flames burn straight through their prayer candles and Fernanda starts crawling towards her friends and chanting in Nahuatl, the language of their Aztec ancestors. Over the next few weeks, shy, modest Fernanda starts acting strangely. Smearing herself in black makeup, shredding her hands on rose thorns and sucking sin out of the mouths of the guilty, the local priest is convinced it's a demon, but Lourdes begins to suspect it's something else, something far more ancient and powerful. As Father Moreno's obsession with Fernanda grows, Lourdes enlists the help of her Bruja craft crew and Professor Dr. Camacho to understand what is happening to her friend in this unholy tale of possession gone right. Okay, um... I'm gonna need this sent to my house uh, immediately, if possible, like a Aztec, Latinx, witchy, hot possession story seems like 800% up my alley. V wrote uh, Hairspray and Switchblades for the Rewinder Die series last year, and I also absolutely loved it. I'm just gonna need this immediately. Also, the cover for this is fantastic. So just yes on all the levels. Yes, and that is Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. Next up, we have Whisper Down the Lane by Clay McLeod Chapman. This is coming out in April from Quirk Books. Clay McLeod Chapman also wrote The Remaking, which is a book that we mentioned in the Urban Legend Horror episode. So this is a mind-bending psychological thriller for fans of horror and true crime inspired by the McMartin preschool trials and the satanic panic of the 1980s. 
Richard doesn't have a past. For him, there is only the present. A new marriage to Tamara, a first chance at fatherhood to her son Elijah, and a quiet but pleasant life as an art teacher at Elijah's elementary school in Danvers, Virginia. Then, the body of a rabbit, ritualistically murdered, appears on the school grounds with a birthday card for Richard tucked beneath it. Richard doesn't have a birthday, but Sean does. Sean is a five-year-old boy who has just moved to Greenfield, Virginia with his mother. Like most mothers of the 1980s, she's worried about bills, childcare, putting food on the table, and an encroaching threat to American life that can take the face of anyone, a politician, a friendly neighbor, or even a teacher. When Sean's school sends a letter to the parents revealing that Sean's favorite teacher is under investigation, a white lie from Sean lights a fire that engulfs the entire nation, and Sean and his mother are left holding the match. Now, 30 years later, someone is here to remind Richard that they remember what Sean did. And though Sean doesn't exist anymore, someone needs to pay the price for his sins. Okay, this is really interesting. I've just always found this case absolutely fascinating and I'm really interested to read a book that kind of follows that. I would say if you are interested in that type of stuff, definitely listen to the You're Wrong About podcast. Sarah Marshall is like currently working on a nonfiction book about the satanic panic. So she like constantly brings up like factoids and stuff about it. It's just really fascinating all around. So cannot wait to read this. Again, that is Whisper Down the Lane and that is by Clay McLeod Chapman coming out in April from Quirk Books. Next up, we have Christina Henry's newest book, Near the Bone. This is coming out April 13th. A woman trapped on a mountain attempts to survive more than one kind of monster in a dread-inducing horror novel from the national best-selling author Christina Henry. Maddie can't remember a time before she and William lived alone on a mountain together. She must never make him upset. But when Maddie discovers the mutilated body of a fox in the woods, she realizes that they're not alone after all. There's something in the woods that wasn't there before. Something that makes strange cries in the night. Something with sharp teeth and claws. When three strangers appear on the mountaintop looking for the creature in the woods, Maddie knows their presence will anger William, and terrible things will happen when William is angry. I know Rachel and I spoke a little bit about this in our best of episode, but we are big Christina Henry fans. She has written some kind of fairy tale retellings like a Red Riding Hood retelling and like a Peter Pan retelling and like Alice in Wonderland retellings. And they're usually a, a dark take on that. Um, and then she wrote The Ghost Tree last year, which was just an original female coming of age story. And this sounds just really interesting. It definitely seems like she's leaning into the horror aspect as she goes on. And listen, Christina Henry is an author that I will read anything from. So, you know, I'm going to be reading this. So that is Near the Bone by Christina Henry. Uh, so next up, we have two works from author Haley Piper. The first is a short story collection, Unfortunate Elements of My Anatomy. These are 18 stories of queer horror, isolation, and the monstrous feminine, okay, including an original grim novelette, Recitation of the First Feeding, and her debut novel, Queen of Teeth, and this is a body horror story about a woman who finds a growth that snowballs into much worse problems. I had I couldn't find a lot about this, but you know what? The word Cronenbergian body horror was thrown out a lot, which definitely piqued my interest. So I am gonna need this. So the short story collection comes out in spring by Seventh Terrace Press. And the novel comes out from Rooster Republic Strange House Books 
and the novel Queen of Teeth will be coming out summer from Rooster Republic Strange House Books. So again, that is the short story collection, Unfortunate Elements of My Anatomy by Haley Piper and her novel Queen of Teeth. Next up, we have podcast favorite Caroline Kepnes releasing the third installment in the You series called You Love Me. 14 hours. Joe is done with the cities. He's done with the muck and the posers, done with love. Now he's saying hello to nature, to simple pleasures on a cozy island in the Pacific Northwest. For the first time in a long time, he can just breathe. He gets a job at the local library. He does know a thing or two about books. And that's where he meets her, Mary Kay DeMarco, librarian. Joe won't meddle. He will not obsess. He will win her the old-fashioned way by providing a shoulder to cry on, a helping hand. Over time, they'll both heal their wounds and begin their happily ever after in this sleepy town. The trouble is, Mary Kay already has a life. She's a mother. She's a friend. She's busy. True love can only triumph if both people are willing to make room for the real thing. Joe cleared his decks. He's ready. And hopefully, with his encouragement and undying support, Mary Kay will do the right thing and make room for him. Okay, that synopsis was perfect. Caroline Kepnes is such a master of the Joe twisted logic where as a character like this makes so much sense to him and this is like the way he thinks I just can't she's wonderful and I am so excited to read on in this series also the Netflix show is good as well so just just check it all out it's all good (laughs) so this is You Love Me by Caroline Kepnes Coming out April 13th, we have The Mary Shelley Club by Goldie Malofsky. The New York Times bestselling author Goldie Malofsky delivers a deliciously twisty YA thriller that's Scream meets Karen McManus about a mysterious club with an obsession for horror. (laughs) We see why we picked this one, right? When it comes to horror movies, the rules are clear. Avoid abandoned buildings, warehouses, and cabins at all times. Stay together. Don't split up. Not even to check something out. If there's a murderer on the loose, do not make out with anyone. If only surviving real life were this easy. New girl, Rachel Chavez, turns to horror movies for comfort, preferring stabby serial killers and homicidal dolls to the bored rich kids of Manhattan prep. And to certain memories she'd prefer to keep buried. Then, Rachel is recruited by the Mary Shelley Club, a mysterious society of students who orchestrate fear tests, elaborate pranks inspired by the urban legends and movie tropes. At first, Rachel embraces the power that comes with reckless pranking, but as the fear tests escalate, the competition turns deadly, and it's clear Rachel is playing a game she can't afford to lose. Yes, yes, yes. Just to everything. I do love a good YA horror story. And this, so far, checking all the boxes. Also, just from the uh, just from the synopsis, I know I'm going to need uh, some kind of adaptation of this. Please and thank you. That is The Mary Shelley Club by Goldie Malavsky. Next up, we have The Drowning Kind by Jennifer McMahon. This will be coming out April 6th. Be careful what you wish for. When social worker Jax receives nine missed calls from her older sister, Lexi, she assumes it was just another one of her sister's episodes. Manic and increasingly out of touch with reality, Lexi has pushed Jax away for over a year. But the next day, Lexi is dead drowned in a pool at their grandmother's estate. When Jax arrives at the house to go through her sister's things, she learns that Lexi was researching the history of their family and the property. And as she dives deeper into the research herself, she discovers that the land holds a far darker past than she could have ever imagined. In 1929, 37-year-old newlywed Ethel Monroe hopes desperately for a baby. 
In an effort to distract her, her husband whisks her away on a trip to Vermont, where a natural spring is showcased by the newest and most modern hotel in the Northeast. Once there, Ethel learns that the water is rumored to grant wishes. Never suspecting that the spring takes in equal measure to what it gives. Ooh, okay, this sounds really good. I will say Jennifer McMahon is really good at balancing the dual timeline storyline, which seems like what's going to happen here. And I'm really interested in that. As I've mentioned before, always here for be careful what you wish for narratives. So bring it. That is The Drowning Kind by Jennifer McMahon. That'll be coming out April 6th. Okay, let's talk about it. Coming out in June, Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendricks. Berkeley describes the Final Girls support group as an homage to and critique of slasher films like A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The plot centers on six Final Girl survivors who have attended group therapy for nearly two decades when a new threat arises. But the thing about Final Girls is they never give up. Uh, Grady Hendrix says... The Final Girls Support Group has been with me for years, a project I've written, rewritten, added to, and changed as my life changed, almost like a diary. It's a book about survival, finding reserves of strength you didn't know you had, and our mad fight to make it through the night. Final Girls are one of horror's most enduring tropes, and this book contains everything I wanted to say about the horror I grew up with in the 80s and 90s and how it taught me to never quit. This is probably one of my most anticipated releases. Listeners of the podcast know we huge Grady Hendrix fans, love slashers, love final girls. And I love stories that take place kind of after the action and it deals with characters processing the trauma they have experienced. So this seems like it's going to hit all of those things. And I could not be more excited. That is the final girls support group by Grady Hendricks, and that will be coming out in June from Quirk Books. Next up, we have The Other Black Girl by Sakaya Delilah Harris. This is described as Get Out meets The Devil Wears Prada in this electric debut about the tension that unfurls when two young black women meet against the starkly white backdrop of New York City book publishing. 26-year-old editorial assistant Nella Rogers is tired of being the only Black employee at Wagner Books. Fed up with the isolation and microaggressions, she's thrilled when Harlem-born and bred Hazel starts working in the cubicle beside her. They've only just started comparing natural hair care regimens, though, when a string of uncomfortable events elevates Hazel to office darling, and Nella is left in the dust. Then the notes appear on Nella's desk. Leave Wagner now. It's hard to believe Hazel is behind these hostile messages, but as Nella starts to spiral and obsess over the sinister forces at play, she soon realizes that there's a lot more at stake than just her career. Uh, So a few things drew me in about this one. I love the cover on this. And as I mentioned, I do love the like, this is this and Get Out meets The Devil Wears Prada. Sounds fascinating. I'm also always big on work horror. And this coupled with, you know, the racial tensions of a character who felt out of place in kind of an all white work environment and finally has someone to commiserate with. And then she seems to kind of be taken away and then seems to be warning her about something supernatural is really interesting. And I'm I'm always really interested in the hatred and like misogyny and white supremacy as kind of supernatural forces so I'm really interested to see if this explores that so I am gonna check that out that is The Other Black Girl by Sakaya Delilah Harris next up we have The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig 
a family returns to their hometown, to the dark past that haunts them still, in this masterpiece of literary horror by New York Times bestselling author of Wanderers. Long ago, Nathan lived in a house in the country with his abusive father and has never told his family what happened there. Long ago, Maddie was a little girl making dolls in her bedroom when she saw something she shouldn't have and is trying to remember that lost trauma by making haunting sculptures. Long ago, something sinister, something hungry, walked in the tunnels in the mountains and the coal mines of their hometown in rural Pennsylvania. Now Nate and Maddie Graves are married, and they have moved back to their hometown with their son Oliver. Now what happened long ago is happening again, and it is happening to Oliver. He meets a strange boy who becomes his best friend, a boy with secrets of his own and a taste for dark magic. This dark magic puts them at the heart of the battle of good versus evil and a fight for the soul of the family, and perhaps for all of the world. But the Graves family has a secret weapon in this battle, their love for one another. Ooh, so this sounds really interesting. Um, I love the Miriam Black series <laughs> that Chuck Wendig wrote and... I'm like trying to think about like what the horror could be. That's what I usually do when I read these synopses. I try to figure out like what's going on. So I don't know if I know what's happening in this. And that's interesting. We'll have to check this one out. That is The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig. That will be coming out in June. Up next, we have Come With Me by Ronald Malfi. A masterful, heart-palpitating novel of small town horror and psychological dread from a Bram Stoker nominee. Aaron Decker's life changes one December morning when his wife Allison is killed. Haunted by her absence, and her ghost, Aaron goes through her belongings, where he finds a receipt for a motel room in another part of the country. Piloted by grief and an increasing sense of curiosity, Aaron embarks on a journey to discover what Allison had been doing in the weeks prior to her death. Yet Aaron is unprepared to discover the dark secrets Allison kept the death and horror that make up the tapestry of her hidden life. And with each dark secret revealed, Aaron becomes more and more consumed by his obsession to learn the terrifying truth about the woman who had been his wife, even if it puts his own life at risk. Okay, so that is really interesting. I read uh, Ronald Malfi's short story collection, You Should Have Left Well Enough Alone, and I really enjoyed it. Um, his novels have been on my TBR for forever. Uh, I own a few of them uh, as audiobooks that I need to get to. So this intrigues me for a few reasons. I do, I don't want to say I love grief horror, but you know, I love characters processing uh, big things that they have gone through. I love novels about dissecting relationships, I think especially marriages. And I love thrillers. And what comes with thrillers is like, did you know the person you were married to or going through someone's secrets or like someone who was close to you was not who you thought they were and you weren't sure what they were up to. So all that sounds really, really fascinating. Uh, and I'm interested to see that explored in this book. So that is Come With Me by Ronald Malfi. That'll be coming out July 20th. All right, next up is another podcast favorite author. This is My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. Jade feels like she's trapped in a slasher film. As tourists go missing and the tension between her community and the celebrity newcomers to the Indian Lakeshore heads towards a tipping point, when she feels the killer will rise, Jade watches as the small town she knows and loves begins to head towards catastrophe as yachts compete with canoes and the celebrity rich change the landscape of what was designated parklands to develop what they call Terra Nova. This new novel from the acclaimed author of The Only Good Indians is a must read exploring the changing landscape of the West through his particular voice of sharp humor and prophetic violence that will have you cheering for the American heroine we need. 
listen again Stephen graham jones is a auto buy auto read author like i have this (laughs) pre-ordered before i even read the synopsis uh so i am really excited to get to that that is my heart is a chainsaw by Stephen graham jones Next up, we have Small Favors by Aaron A. Craig. Uh, again, I did an episode with Aaron last year where we talked about Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca, and we talked a little bit about this. Ellery Downing is waiting for something to happen. Life in isolated Amity Falls, surrounded by an impenetrable forest, has a predictable sameness. Her days are filling with tending to her family's beehives, chasing after her sisters, and dreaming of bigger things, while her twin, Samuel, is free to roam as he wishes. Early town settlers fought off monstrous creatures in the woods, and whispers that the creatures still exist keep the Downings and their neighbors from venturing too far. When some townsfolk go missing on a trip to fetch supplies, a heavy unease settles over the falls. Strange activities begin to plague the town, and as the seasons change, it's clear that something is terribly wrong. The creatures are real, and they're offering to fulfill the residents' deepest desires, however grand, for just a small favor. These seemingly trifling demands, however, hide sinister intentions. Soon Ellery finds herself in a race against time to stop Amity Falls, her family, and the boy she loves from going up in flames. Okay. Uh, there's a lot that sounds really interesting there. I know when I talked to her on the podcast, she said it was a bit of a Rumpelstiltskin retelling and uh, that had kind of needful things vibes. So like needful things. At the beginning, I was getting a lot of like the village vibes, the village with the bees and Rumpelstiltskin and needful things. It's all just a, it's just a mixture uh, of things that are buzzwords that I I just want. I want it now. So that is Small Favors by Aaron A. Craig. And last but not least, we have Riley Sager's newest book, Survive the Night. It's November 1991. George H.W. Bush is in the White House. Nirvana's in the tape deck. And movie-obsessed college student Charlie Jordan is in a car with a man who might be a serial killer. Josh Baxter, the man behind the wheel, is a virtual stranger to Charlie. They met at the campus ride board, each looking to share the long drive home to Ohio. Both have good reasons for wanting to get away. For Charlie, it's guilt and grief over the murder of her best friend, who became the third victim of a man known as the campus killer. For Josh, it's to help care for his sick father, or so he says. Like the Hitchcock heroine she's named after, Charlie has her doubts. There's something suspicious about Josh, from the holes in his story about his father to how he doesn't seem to want Charlie to see inside the car's trunk. As they travel an empty highway in the dead of night, an increasingly worried Charlie begins to think she's sharing a car with the campus killer. Is Josh truly dangerous? Or is Charlie's suspicion merely a figment of her movie-fueled imagination? What follows is a game of cat and mouse, played out on night-shrouded roads and in neon-lit parking lots, during an age when the only call for help can be made on a payphone and in a place where there's nowhere to run. In order to win, Charlie must do one thing. Survive the night. And that seems like a good one to end this episode on. I love Riley Sager books. So I'm, as usual, really stoked about this one. It sounds... So again, that seems like a good place to end this episode. Again, that is Survive the Night by Riley Sager. That'll be coming out July 6th. So definitely check that out when it comes out. And as always, thanks for checking out this episode. I hope I put some books on your radar. So let me know which book you are most excited for in this new year of 2021. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Books in the Freezer. And you can send us an email at 
booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. If you're looking for a way to support the show, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash booksinthefreezer with a one, three, and five dollar level and a lot of different perks at each level. We also have an affiliate link for Amazon that'll be available in the show notes. So if you just use Amazon like you normally would, but you click on the affiliate link first, that helps out the podcast a bit. And of course, a free way to support the podcast is to tell a friend about it or to leave a review on a site like Apple Podcasts. This year, we are doing a reading challenge, which you can find by searching hashtag BITF challenge 2021 on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook. It should work. Uh, But we have a lot of prompts. I think it's like 12 or 14 prompts for books to read this year. And you get to pick what you want to read that fulfills that challenge. Um, It is available on Storygraph where you can actually pick what you read and then, you know, it checks it off the challenge. And it is available also on Goodreads. We have little groups to discuss what everyone is reading for each prompt in case you needed some ideas. So check that out again. That is hashtag BITF challenge 2021. And one of those prompts is to read a book released in 2021. So of course you can pick any of the books I mentioned here. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya or on Instagram at That's What She Read. That's That's with two A's or on YouTube at That's What She Read. As always, thank you so much for being a listener and see you next time on Books in the Freezer.